J.C. Corcoran Podcast. Thank you very much, and how do you do? I'm here tonight to talk about sports. To my way of thinking, there are only three sports in this country, baseball, basketball, and football. Everything else is a game or an activity. Nothing else, nothing else qualifies as a sport as far as I'm concerned. Hockey comes to mind. People think hockey is a sport. Hockey is not a sport. Hockey is three activities going on at the same time. Ice skating, playing with a puck, and beating the crap out of somebody. But these people... If they had any imagination, they would do these things one at a time. First, you go ice skating. Then you play with a puck. Then you go to the bar and beat the crap out of somebody. <laughs> another reason. Another reason hockey is not a sport. It's not played with a ball. Anything that isn't played with a ball can't be a sport. Hockey is played with a puck. What is a puck? I never heard of a puck outside of hockey. Have you ever heard of a puck? The only place you see a puck outside of hockey is in the urinal in the men's room to control the odor. <laughs> yes. And as far as I'm concerned... As far as I'm concerned, any game where the main object came out of the men's room definitely is not a sport. <laughs> Soccer is not a sport because you can't use your arms. Anything where you can't use your arms can't be a sport. Tap dancing isn't a sport, I rest my case. <laughs> running, people think running is a sport. Running is not a sport because everybody can do it. I can run, you can run. My mother can run, you don't see her on the cover of Sports Illustrated, do you? People say, I'm gonna run down to the store and buy a loaf of bread. Fine, it's not a sport. I'm not gonna pay money to watch you buy a loaf of bread. Swimming. Swimming is not a sport. Swimming is a way to keep from drowning. <laughs> That's just common sense. Right. Another water activity, sailing. Sailing is not a sport. Sailing is a way to get somewhere. Riding a bus isn't a sport. Why in hell should sailing be a sport? <laughs> and boxing. Boxing is definitely not a sport. Boxing is a way to beat the crap out of somebody. In that respect, boxing is a more sophisticated form of hockey. But beating the crap out of someone is definitely not a sport, in spite of what the police think. When police brutality becomes an Olympic event, fine, then boxing can be a sport. Bowling is not a sport because you have to rent the shoes. All right? Don't forget. All right. These are my rules. I make them up. Billiards is not a sport. Billiards is not a sport because there's no chance for serious injury. Unless you welch on a bet in a tough neighborhood. Then, if you see someone with a pool cue sticking out of this portion of his anatomy, you know that might just be a sports-related injury. All right? Gymnastics? Gymnastics is not a sport because Romanians are good at it. Don't forget, my rules, I make them up. Polo. Polo is not a sport. Polo is golf on horseback. Interesting concept, not a sport. And water polo, I didn't even want to talk about water polo because it's extremely cruel to the horses. <laughs> Which brings me to hunting. You think hunting is a sport? Ask the animals. The only good thing about hunting is the many accidents that take place on the weekends. Which brings me to auto racing. Now we're talking serious injury, folks. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm looking for in auto racing. A nice crash and a car fire. <laughs> hey, I don't care who wins these races. It's the same five rednecks who win them all the time anyway. What do I care? be honest with you, driving 500 miles in a circle does not impress me. <laughs> then we have tennis. Tennis. Tennis is very trendy. It's not a sport. Tennis is actually a form of ping pong. In fact, tennis is ping pong played while standing on the table. All of these sports. 
Yes. As a matter of fact, all racket sports are derivatives of ping pong. Even volleyball is racketless team ping pong played with an inflated ball and a raised net while standing on the table. Which leaves us... Which leaves us with golf. Golf. You ever watch, you ever watch golf on television? It's like watching flies fornicate. <laughs> Frankly, I get more excited picking out socks. Golf might be a fun thing to do if you could do it alone, but it's these insufferable nitwits you have to hang around with that makes it such an appalling pastime. Think of the brains it takes to play golf. Think of this. Here's the object. You hit a ball with a crooked stick, and then you walk after it. And then you hit it again. I say, pick it up, put it in your pocket, and get the hell home. You're lucky you found it in the first place. I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over. It is Wednesday, July 12, 2023. You are at jconthelion.com. If you are listening to this when we publish at 11 o'clock in the morning, no big whoop. But if you're listening later on in the day, I hope you have power. This is going to be one of those weird weather days. Got a heat advisory in effect. It's in the low 80s right now as we publish at 11 a.m. 97 for the high today. The humidity is way up. And then after about 5 o'clock, you're going to start to see the development of severe storms, especially out west. And then about 7 till about 3 is when the weather guys basically say, watch the fuck out. 7 p.m. till about 3 a.m., that's when the worst of the high winds and the hail and stuff like that comes through. So just be on your toes today. Hell's Bells! The National League won an all-star game. There was high drama in the ninth inning. If you were watching, the American League had two men on, and they almost <laughs> blown the whole thing. But first time in 11 years that they have won the National League. And Seattle looked really, really good on television last night. i got to say, I don't think I would like living there. It's just too cut off from the rest of the world. You know, westward expansion basically stopped at about Kansas City. And, you know, there's just nothing until you get to San Diego and Southern California and the coastline. There's got all that empty space in there. And I know it's not empty, empty, but uh, compared to the eastern half of the United States, it sure is empty. But like I said, you know, they had to start that game at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon to get it into prime time in the eastern time zone and the central time zone. So if you don't mind all that stuff being cut off and being four hours behind the rest of the world, uh, I guess it's fine for you. And then you got to deal with the rain and everything like that. But it sure looked pretty on television last night. They really did a nice job on that stand-up to cancer thing last night. That was pretty cool. And uh, I was talking about this on the radio show this morning on 101.5 in St. Louis and 101.7 out west. We also stream at kwolf.com, K-W-U-L-F.com. I was talking about this. There was a young gal by the name of Rose Fogarty. I say was. I'll explain here in a minute. Last night at the baseball game, they were talking about this kid who got uh, drafted by the Oakland A's. name is Luke Mann. Luke Mann. He's an infielder, played for Mizzou. 
and got drafted last night by the Oakland A's. We mention this because his mom, Rose Fogarty, was a prominent public relations person here in St. Louis for a lot of years, worked for the brewery down at Anheuser-Busch, worked for uh, the Children's uh, Hospital, I believe it was, and was a, a media medfly. She knew everybody in local media, and we all knew her big, tall, strawberry blonde, who was the life of the party, by the way. <laughs> Rose would enter a room, and the party started. Let's just put it that way. And um, she got that awful disease that Robin Williams had and that it appears Bruce Willis also has. It's called Louis syndrome or something, L-E-W-Y, Louis something or other. And it's, it's sort of like Alzheimer's. It just really starts fucking with your head. And we lost Rose less than a year ago. And her son now getting the call from MLB. It's just a great story. I actually called Frank Cusimano last night and said, here is a story tailor-made for Channel 5 and those sports segments that you do with that very emotional piano music and everything like that. So we'll see. Maybe Frank will do something with that. Seattle, interesting place, too. You talk about the local economy, logging and technology. That's an interesting spectrum right there. They're really uh, pumping the women's soccer thing, which starts on July 20th, goes to August 20th. I say thing because I don't know anything about soccer. I don't know if it's a tournament. If I say tournament, I know it'll be wrong. This is how I screwed up the other day, knowing nothing about soccer, but trying to learn. And my friends, Tom Schwartz and Ted Williams who are great assets to the show. They do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. They supply me with all sorts of information. They've been doing that soccer show on 590 The Fan in St. Louis for something like 30 years on the weekend. And so the other day, I look at the schedule, and it says Los Angeles, and then below it, it says St. Louis. So, of course, I go on the air and say St. Louis City SC hosts Los Angeles Wednesday night in St. Louis. And I start getting all these calls and messages going, no, the game is in L.A., and I go, well, how can that be? They got St. Louis listed on the bottom. And they're like, oh, yeah, in soccer, the home team is listed the other way around from all other sports. So in basketball, baseball, hockey, fucking tiddlywinks, the bottom team is the home team. In soccer, it's the other way around. And I was supposed to know that. And you can't say game. You got to say match. And you can't say three to nothing. You got to say three nil. You know, people think that golf is a snooty, pretentious sport. But when you've got a different way of doing everything, like soccer, I'm sorry. I'm, tr I'm trying really, really hard to not hate soccer the way I have my entire life. But you're not making it easy on old local JC, are you? We'll talk a little bit about local news here. If you've been watching Channel 4, uh, and you don't have to be watching necessarily during the news, they're running these promos throughout the day and throughout the night during primetime programming and everything like that. They have this thing called the KMOV Surprise Squad. It's part of their 10 o'clock news. And what happens is they uh, pick out somebody who they think deserves money. And then I don't know where they get the money from, but they go out there and they give them the money and they take a TV crew out there. And they hand them the big oversized check, you know, uh, foam, piece of foam core. And, and everybody runs around and acts very excited. And it just seems like it's this uh, joyful thing that happens. And while the concept of giving money to somebody who deserves it, particularly if they are struggling or if they have like a community organization that needs funding, because that happens once in a while and they give them the money. All, that, all that's great. That's fantastic. Here's the problem on your typical half-hour newscast 
you get 22 minutes of programming because the rest is commercials. So it's 22 minutes. Now, take out the sports, which is not really news. Now you're down to about 19 minutes. Now you take out the weather. Now you're down to about 15 minutes. Now take all the chit-chat out. That's at least another two minutes. So now you're down to about 13 minutes. And now these surprise squad things are usually about four or five minutes long. So now you're down to nine minutes left for the local newscast. Nine fucking minutes. Like I said, giving money to people who deserve it, admirable. What the hell does it have to do with your newscast? If you're going to do that, put it somewhere else. You have all these shows like uh, Great Day and then this new thing they have in the afternoon. Put it there. Well, no, because we want to jack up the ratings for the news programs because they run promos out the wazoo for three or four days. And then everybody goes, ooh, Thursday night. Let me turn this on. Let me see what happens. And then the ratings, you know, artificially get all jacked up. And that's what they're trying to do. But in the process, they're taking a half-hour newscast, 22 minutes of content, and now you turn on to find out what is going on in your community, and you got nine fucking minutes. Nine. That's it. I'd say I don't get it, but I do get it. Unfortunately, people respond to this stuff in the TV stations in their research. They know that people respond to it, that audiences respond to it. So they stick it in and they hope that nobody like me points out what bullshit this is. And one more uh, media story, I guess you would say. The company that owns KMOX, KZK, talk station, something else. You've heard me talk about the fact that you know, there's only about six or seven broadcast companies left. There used to be like a hundred. Now everything has been consolidated and there's really only about six companies and all but one has declared bankruptcy or has expressed some sort of financial hardship. And now, like I said, Odyssey, the company that owns KMOX, KZK, is $1.9 billion in debt And they are restructuring, and everybody seems to think that a bankruptcy announcement is only maybe a couple of days away. I have said this before. Radio stations used to be licenses to print money. You know, you pick out a format, you grab yourself a signal, you hire some people, you go on the air, you start to get ratings. The ratings convert into advertising revenue. Everybody goes away happy. How do you fuck something like that up? But the... The broadcast industry has figured out a way to do it for years. I always said that it's idiots and morons that are running the broadcast industry. And people thought I was saying it to be funny, and I guess I was. But but behind the whole thing was truth, and here it is. I've been saying this for decades, and now here it is. All but one company is bankrupt. you got to go out of your way to figure out a way to turn what was an industry designed to just make money hand over fist and screw that up. Greed and stupidity. Stephen Hawking was right. Tired of seeing commercials that uh, are advertising shoes that say they massage your feet. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care what kind of shoe it is, what it's made of. If you're on your feet long enough or you're walking long enough, your feet are going to hurt. And I know what a massage is. I know what a massage feels like. Shoes cannot massage something. Shoes don't have fingers, for one thing. I bought some golf shoes a couple years ago, and I didn't really pay much attention to what brand it was. I just, you know, do they feel okay? Do they look like they're well-made? Are they going to last a long time? You know, all that sort of stuff. 
And I put them on. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take these. I got them home, and on the side of the box it said, Foot Joy. That was the name of the company, Foot Joy. Isn't that slightly overstating things a little bit? Because after a round of golf, I don't care what the circumstances are, and I don't care what kind of shoe I got on, my feet hurt. Foot Joy. It was on the state 1979, one of the greatest one of the greatest radio promotions in history took place. Here's what happens. Uh, it's the old Comiskey Park in Chicago, and there was a radio station that I used to work at called The Loop. There was a guy who did the afternoon show there, but then it was Steve Dahl, and he's a jackass, but this was a great idea. And his partner, Gary Meyer, is a good friend of mine. And I, I, well, I listened to the show pretty much because of Gary and not Steve, but that's a separate story. But anyhow... They uh, decided to do this thing called disco demolition. What's that going to be? Well, back in those days, it was very, very difficult to get people into the ballpark for the Chicago White Sox because the team sucked. So anytime anybody came along with what they thought would be a good idea, the White Sox were like, sure, come on. You know, you'd call up Comiskey Park and go, what time does the game start? And they'd say, what time can you get here? People would go to the concession stands to get food to go. Good morning, everybody. So they say, here's the thing. Uh, we're, we got this designated game. It's a it's a Thursday night doubleheader, and what you do is you show up at the ballpark tonight with a disco album, and then you hand that disco album over to us at the gate, and you get in for like two bucks or something like that. And then between games, we're going to have a little celebration because disco sucks, and we're doing a thing called the disco demolition. So sure enough, the first game ends, and the place is packed, and everybody's really liquored up. <laughs> and <laughs> between games, in a military-style Jeep and an operation in the, you know, the, the military clothing and the whole thing and a helmet, this guy comes riding out onto the field up by second base, and they, they take these thousands of disco albums and they put them in a big pile and underneath the pile is some sort of explosive devices and uh he gets on the microphone you know disco sucks everybody's cheering and then they back up and push a button and the pile of disco albums just explodes into bits and there's smoke all over the place and people are going wild and now they jump out onto the field. Thousands of people are running around out onto the field. Keep in mind, they got a second game to play until somebody from the White Sox organization looks around and goes, you know, there's about a billion little pieces of vinyl shards all over this field, plus it's embedded in the grass. They not only had to cancel the second game of the doubleheader, they had to forfeit the game. And so the White Sox ended up <laughs> Ended up losing the game because of the disco demolition. It was at this point people from the White Sox organization began to ask a few questions like, who the fuck approved this? I'm assuming some people got fired, but from the radio station standpoint, it was one of the most storied, one of the most famous radio promotions ever in history. And it's a lot better than what they did in somewhere in Florida. I think it was Tampa. This was back in the 80s. And they're like, uh, all right, uh, we're going to have a contest and somebody's going to win a Toyota. Oh, okay, fine. Try to win a Toyota. Long story made short, after putting people through some sort of ridiculous set of circumstances where they had to try to do stunts or something like that to qualify for this Toyota they were giving away, they finally designate the winner. They announce it on the air. The woman shows up for her prize and they hand over a toy Yoda. From Star Wars, a stuffed little toy, Yoda. 
Now, as you might suspect, she was not happy and sued and won. I just had somebody come up to me the other day. And I've told this story before, too, but it bears repeating. Because I remember I, I started dating somebody back around, I don't know, it was like 1999 or something. I had just gotten divorced and I met this woman. We started going out and couple of weeks into this uh, blistering romance find out that uh, all of her friends are like that guy's such an asshole how can you date him i'm like well what did i do and to make a very very long story short her girlfriends were telling this woman that i was dating that i was uh, involved in a promotion at the radio station where i was sitting on top of the arch throwing televisions and stereos from the top of the arch down to people below the arch telling them that if you could catch this thing that I'm throwing, I'm going to throw a TV. If you can catch it, you can keep it. It's only one or two problems with that story. First of all, that was a bit from the early 1970s that Monty Python did. It was on one of their albums, Catch It and You Keep It. Same thing. They were up on some building throwing stuff down, and people were being crushed by TVs and stereos, and, you know, hearty har har. So that's problem number one. Problem number two, it was April Fool's Day. Problem number three, it wasn't me. It was Smash on a different radio station. So these girls all hate me because of something I never even did. I wasn't involved with it. It wasn't even me. And it wasn't even real. It was an April Fool's Day joke. And somebody, I swear to God, just like two days ago, brought that up to me. Uh, when you did that thing on the arch, I'm like, wasn't me. Ah, Want to move on to Mission Impossible? Let's do it. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. If I wanted to, this could be one of the shortest movie reviews I've ever done. In a nutshell, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And I'm tired of having to type all of that out every time I uh, do this. Anyhow, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. While the suspension of disbelief gets stretched paper thin over the years, I've been shouted down by audiences that they just seem to want to go into the theater in the summer and have a mindless good time. You know, the fact that the dialogue is all convoluted and the action scenes are just ridiculously impossible. But apparently nobody cares. You know, even going back to the old TV show from the 1960s, I never understood how we were all supposed to accept the notion that a character with a completely different voice, body type, set of mannerisms, a completely different persona, how these people could fool these shrewd international assassins and other bad guys with a rubber mask. The only person I've seen get away with that on some level is Borat. And I guess you could count Clark Kent. Threw everybody off with nothing more than a pair of glasses. I was 10 years old, and I knew that was bullshit. But for the first time in a while, I was watching this movie, and you start thinking to yourself, is all of this killing depicted in these kinds of action movies any good for us? There is a lot of it, and I mean a real lot. Now, on the upside... You got to give kudos to Tom Cruise and director Christopher McQuarrie. They deserve a lot of credit for executing these new ways of using drones and special effects and other cinematic systems for making the action and these elaborate stunt scenes look different and more exciting than usual. By the way, if you sometimes wonder, has Hollywood officially run out of fresh ideas? I would like you to consider this. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is the second movie I saw within a week that featured a fight on the top of a moving train and a plot revolving around an international search for the other half of an ancient artifact that, if found, 
could lead to some form of world domination. The other one was the new Indiana Jones movie. So there's two movies out right now that have nearly identical fight scenes on top of a moving train and that involve trying to find the other half of one of these ancient artifacts so that you can put the two pieces together and something amazing is supposed to happen. By the way, Ving Rhames was so good in Pulp Fiction. He was so good in Dave. But for whatever reason, boy, does he stink up the place in this movie with his uh, rotten acting. I have no idea what happened to him, but you just watch and go, what are you doing, man? Anyhow, if you like Tom Cruise and you like action movies, and if you can suspend that disbelief for a whopping two hours and 45 minutes, this all could have been done in an hour and a half, by the way, you leave your brain in the car, you enjoy what is uh, definitely going to be a huge summer blockbuster, three and a half corks out of five for Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. It opens today. All right, also birthdays today. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, actress Rachel Brosnahan is 33. Topher Grace from that 70s show, 45. Cheryl Ladd, one of the Charlie's Angels, Chris Monroe. She came in, I think it was the second wave of replacements on Charlie's Angels. By the way, she's a big golf advocate and still looks great at 72. Richard Simmons who has disappeared. I mean, this guy used to be everywhere all the time. You couldn't turn on the TV without seeing Richard Simmons somewhere. Now, the last five years or so, he's just vanished. Anyhow, he's 75 today. Bill Cosby is 86. Now, I want to tell you a story here, and this is pretty remarkable. And that's not hype, because when you hear this, you're going to say, wow, because that was my reaction. And it's sort of in retrospect. Here's what happened. Bill Cosby performed on the Arch Grounds during the VP Fair. 1996 was the year. 1996. And he was talking about the fact that there was the largest crowd he ever performed in front of. And so prior to that performance, we called up their people and we said, uh, can we come out and interview Bill? And they're like, yeah, sure. So on a Saturday afternoon, I go to his hotel. And the other thing I remember about this... That morning, I had been to my one and only baseball card show. I've I've only been to one of those things in my entire life, and I went because I had some old baseballs that were autographed by the 1957 Brooklyn Dodgers, and I just wanted to sort of see what they were worth. So I brought them along, and I showed them to a couple of the appraisers, and I had mentioned that to Bill Cosby while, you know, we're getting mic'd up, and they're adjusting the lighting and the whole thing, and he's like, what do they offer you for them? And I said, 400 apiece. He said, fuck them. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You're Bill Cosby. You're America's dad. Can't talk like that. I mean, here's a guy that's performed his entire life absolutely 100% clean. Called up Eddie Murphy, berated him for using so much foul language. I, I've just met you. I tell you about my baseballs, and you say, fuck them? So that was that was pretty interesting. Anyhow, we get going in the interview, and keep in mind that this is 1996, and it was a couple of years later that, you know, we all know what happened in terms of Bill Cosby's personal life and how he ended up in prison and all that sort of stuff. Listen to this part, just one little clip from this interview. Regardless of what kind of performer, musician, comedian, down through the years, all the performers who have spent so much time on the road and time in hotels have been subject to controversy because they get caught up with booze or drugs or women. How is it that we never read about Bill Cosby ever getting into any of that kind of stuff. Well, because they just haven't printed it yet. <laughs> we got a scoop, Bill? Well, I, I don't know, but I, you know, I think that if they wanted to, 
the, you know, press could go out and find sources that would make it close enough to make it the story. And it was just a few years after that that the whole thing blew sky high. But in that interview, he basically admitted to all this stuff. Is it just me? Or is that one of the most remarkable clips of audio you have ever heard in your life? Finally, 39% of adults have had sex at music festivals. That's a lot. That's like four in 10. The remaining 61% of us just got screwed by Ticketmaster. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Wednesday, July 12th, 2023 is in the can. Now, again, watch out for this heat advisory today, 97 and humid. And then after about 7 o'clock tonight until about 3 o'clock in the morning, damaging winds, hail, all that sort of stuff, be on your toes. And we'll have a wrap-up of all this stuff tomorrow morning on the podcast. And, of course, on KWOLF 101.5 St. Louis and 101.7 West and beyond and streaming at KWULF, KWOLF.com. You may contact me anytime, jc at jconthelion.com. That's email. Facebook, the showgram with J.C. Corkman. We publish every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at 11 a.m. Have a great day. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. As a matter of fact, all racket sports are derivatives of ping pong. Even volleyball is racketless team ping pong played with an inflated ball and a raised net while standing on the table. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.